you're kind of a marketing genius because you, like I said, everybody talks about plazas. You have a multimodal pedestrian refuge, right? Which stops culturally you. relevant. Culturally relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a couple more words in there. Yeah. yeah. So you know you're stopping people to really think about and not just see it as what they've always seen it as. Welcome to Infinite Earth Radio. We believe that in a world of finite natural resources, a smart and sustainable future is only possible by lifting up people and unleashing unlimited human potential. Infinite Earth Radio will not only help you learn from bright, visionary civic leaders who are building smarter, more inclusive and sustainable communities, but you'll discover how you can bring these ideas to your community. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Hancocks and Vernice Miller-Travis. Welcome back to Infinite Earth Radio, where we talk with thought leaders and change agents who are transforming the future by building smarter, more sustainable, and more equitable communities. This is your host, Mike Hancocks, and our topic today is local leadership. Over the past 15 years, professionally, I've had the opportunity to work with local leaders on revitalization projects in post-industrial communities across the United States. Most of these communities do not have the benefit of being in the path of demographic and economic growth trends. In many cases, they're places that were once very prosperous, but now have to work very hard to reinvent themselves in order to create a viable future. The most successful of these places, whether it be communities in northernmost Michigan or in rural Georgia, the most successful places are those that have the most positive and determined leadership, whether that be elected officials or just involved citizens. Folks who are persistent and work hard over the long haul to make their communities better. These are the folks we try to celebrate here on Infinite Earth Radio. The folks who get up every day and work hard to build a better future. Because the future is not predetermined. The future will be what those who show up make it. Here at Infinite Earth Radio, we want to tell the stories of those folks who are showing up every day. Today is no exception. Today I want to share an interview I did back in February with Ray Leon local activist, and newly elected mayor of Huron, California. As long as America keeps producing local leaders like Ray Leone, I am very confident that the future will be bright. Our guest today is Ray Leone, mayor of Huron, California. Welcome, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. So for our guest, uh, uh, Mr. Mayor, why don't you tell us where Huron, California is? Huron, California is on the west side of the San Joaquin Valley in Fresno County, near the I-5. Excellent. And so tell us a little bit about your community. Uh, what kind of uh, folks live there and why would we want to come and visit? Well, Huron is a farm worker city. It got the highest rate of Latinos for an incorporated city in the nation at the national level. And of course, it's a small community, uh, around 7,000 on paper. Uh, I venture to say that there's at least 10,000 uh, residents. Uh, we, as like a, having an agricultural base and being uh, a farm worker community, uh, we have a, a population that good amount of uh, folks that are, I would say, economic refugees, right? Uh, since, uh, since the beginning, here on been populated with uh, Mexicanos, uh, Michoacanos, uh, my, my father arrived there in the 50s. Uh, and we, there's multiple generations worth of, uh, of folks from where my father's from, 
the area of La Piedad, Michoacán. In the past, uh, post-94, I think, uh, a big um, uh, migration of uh, Oaxaqueños have come in lately. Uh, uh, I've also been able to meet some residents that, that are from Guatemala and speak Mayan, one of the, one of the many uh, Mayan languages. And so it's, it's a small town. It's a, it's a, a, a community that speaks a good nine languages at least, which to me is amazing. Uh, at least five of those languages are Mesoamerican languages. And uh, it's, it's pretty, um, I think it's really, really cool, you know, uh, having that, that cultural, you know, uh, diversity, right, in, in, yeah. in a sense. And uh, because it's ag-based, you know, if there's no water, uh, there's much less jobs. So the drought has, has had a, a huge impact on our community. Uh, now as mayor, I mean, it's, it's something that I've been talking about for a while, uh, for Forever, I've I've been, you know, I've introduced myself as Rey León de Giron. You know, I'm very proud of being from here on. Uh, my family, my brothers, you know, uh, uh, all my relatives and friends, everybody that's from here on, even if they leave here on, you know, they never forget about it, you know, and they they're proud to say they're from here on, you know. So that's that's a, a little thing that um, that's almost uh, in in our DNA, you know. And um, so I, I love I love talking to mayors. I think mayors are, um, you know, you're, there's a political position, but mayors have are where the rubber meets the road, right? Mm-hmm. You can be partisan, you can be uh, Democrat, you can be Republican, but you have to make things work. So how long have you been mayor, and do you like the job? Official mayor, about, I guess, uh, two months, or not even two months. Uh, and I think it's, it's, I like it. I like it, I mean... As, uh, you know, I've been organizing in the city of Huron since 1994. I started the health fair after seven years that it didn't happen, uh, you know, and I would organize it every summer. Uh, so I've always been really close. And um, even when I left Huron and was living in Fresno, I was still organizing and doing, you know, projects in Huron, leadership institutes and so forth. But uh I will continue to do the organizing, I think, more intensely from my nonprofit arm. But uh, as mayor, now it's more about policy. Uh, it's more about looking at, you know, protocols, processes, and, you know, other things to try to make the functions of the city more efficient, more effective, and uh, less troublesome to our residents, you know, uh, in a way, right? But uh, But more effective so that we could be able to, you know, just get things done and, 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 uh, you know, be consistent about it. Right. So, so 50 years from now, you retire as mayor. You've been mayor for 50 wow, years. Wow. No, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so at some point in the future, you retire as mayor. What, what would you like to look back and say, this is, you know, I, I helped accomplish this mm-hmm. in Huron. Well, one of the main projects uh, that priorities that I have now, and it's really, uh, I think, my vision, uh, which I helped develop in 2012, we uh, completed it in 2014. Uh, an elder of mine, a mentor, I would I would identify her as uh, from Caltrans uh, in environmental justice, uh, Leisant. Uh, she informed me, educated me on the environmental justice uh, 
planning grant that Caltrans had available. So I was successful in getting the city to work with me to to um, to get that money. And of course, I brought in to the fold the local government commission, which was a game changer in helping me make it happen. Uh, and we were able to get some uh, engineers, some planners and designers. And, you know, knowing the people in the community, I was able to engage over 100 farm worker families. We, we did a charrette. We did a walk audit. What, what I appreciated about the walk audit is that the technicians, engineers, they were on tap, not on top. So the community was identifying all the issues and, and, and experiences, and they were noting it, and later they would translate it into technical jargon and projects and, you know, actual uh, tangible things uh, that, 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 that the state route, uh, 269, our main street, uh, would require. And so in 2014, we published a report. And we've ident- identified over 30 projects to make Lassen Avenue, State Route 269, uh, more um, uh, to improve its mobility, its access for pedestrians, and uh, safety for pedestrians and, and bicyclists. Uh, of, of the 30 projects, many of them are about uh, crosswalks or you know a variety of things uh, that'll also make it more attractive. And so once you have a different, you know, an attractive face in the community, it's a first impression, right? There's three big projects in there. One of them is uh, a roundabout for the intersection where we identified most incidents have occurred, and it's a really crazy intersection. The roundabout will make it much more safer, but also reduce greenhouse gases, you know, uh, because then you don't stop and idle every single time. Of course, you'll stop to allow pedestrians to cross, but, you know, it's a stoplight will just hold people there idling and so so it's a good mechanism and, and Caltrans loves it too and they're putting them all over the place because they don't it's le- less maintenance you know yeah they're also a lot safer right the the accidents if they do occur are less damaging and less fatal right right they have to slow down uh, because there you got to negotiate the the roundabout and uh and and so our state route is five lanes the middle lane is a turning lane uh, there's islands in some areas, so it would take the five lanes, bring them into two lanes, go into the roundabout and come out into two and possibly uh, uh, go back to the five. But then it goes into two lanes when it gets out of town, right? Right. So it'll it'll make that part of town more attractive as well. And the vision is to, uh, to you know, in the future, put a statue there. And I would like to uh, uh, recognize the Bracero farm workers, you know, those that, from 1942 to 64 that really helped out this country uh, uh, with with uh, the, their labor, with their brazos, their arms, you know, uh, in, in making sure that production continued during World War II and other eras uh, within that period when the labor force was mis- lacking due to the, a lot of uh, folks that were out there in, in the war, right? And my, my father was one of those, uh, is one of those, he's still around. He's 80, he's a, he's a bracero of 1957 is when he, when he got the status. And, um, and so, you know, we've been there and here on forever, you know. Uh, so the, the other project is the, um, the bike lane infrastructure, you know, which is huge, I think. Uh, we've had a, what we call the Huron Recycle Program and basic RE-Cycle. So getting old bikes and recycling them, making them into, you know, usable bikes for kids, adults, whoever, you know, trying to promote the, the, the biking culture. 
And I think the best way to promote the biking culture is also having the infrastructure to you know, be able to bike, you know, safely, right? We have no bike lanes in Huron. We have, but uh, the the infrastructure that is planned uh, includes a class one. I've, I've kind of upgraded it. So there's also a class four, all the classes, right? And class four is the newest one, which is a, 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 a bike path that is uh, along a road, but with a physical barrier, you know, of either three feet that is striped and is evidently a uh, area where vehicles shouldn't cross into or maybe it's between the sidewalk and where the cars are parked in between there's a bike path or something mm-hmm. you know so um and i could see that happening and that'll make the community look nice too you know uh, uh we just put in the grant for trees so and i kind of already mapped it out you know uh uh, so that we could put the trees where the future bike lane infrastructure is going to be, and which is going to be a good pedestrian route too to get to church, to schools, to all the main places, the social magnets and the the the, the places of need. But the the biggest one, the more exciting project, I think, is uh, what what I uh, coined the multimodal, culturally relevant pedestrian refuge, right. <laughs> Multimodal because uh, we'll have the local and the regional bus coming through, car, some car parking, uh, electric vehicle chargers, bike furniture. Uh, of course, you know, the sidewalks lead there. Bike lane infrastructure will lead there. This is going to be like the core of the heart of the community. And uh, some people also call it a plaza. <laughs> and, you know, I like using that technical jargon because it, it, it seems to perk some people's ears. It's and, more interesting. Yeah, yeah, right. And and it, and it identifies uh, the value of, of what a plaza is, what it provides. And, and it's something very common and something that the community wanted in the charrette. There's a long list of things and not all of them had to do with 269. You know, the high school pharmacy ambulance, we're working on that, all of that as well currently. But uh, the plaza is going to be just this jewel that's going to bring all families together, uh, all generations it's going to have a kiosk with a square, uh, amphitheater, uh, uh, a water fountain that's going to be most likely dry. But just the water fountain itself is is reminiscent to a lot of our elders and even myself and other folks that, you know, a lot of our folks, we come from uh, the area of La Piedad Michoacán or you know, Oaxaca. And every every single city of ours has a, has a plaza. And it's, it's just this space, magical space where... You know, you're able to bond with the rest of the folks in your community some way, somehow, right? It's where uh, young men, young women meet their mates. It's where, you know, uh, uh, entertainment is shared. It's where farmers markets, you know, happen. It's, it's where, you know, you do some exercise out there. It's, it's just, it's the place, right? And so, uh, one of the things that, that I want to promote it as as well is having it be like a um, clean energy emergency island, right? And so uh, that's, that's, that's why I'm uh, sharing it with uh, the Energy Commission as well and others because effectively, you know, adding solar and now we have storage, you know, Tesla's got the power wall. And, uh, and so we could have solar on site over the parking spaces, the, 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 the storage and, uh, be able to have it lit up at night, you know, with LEDs. It's very efficient and having, you know, some, uh, uh, charging ability for personal devices and, and, and for the vehicles, electric vehicles. That's the future. Right. And that will tie into also one of the programs that I'm working on right now called the Green Raitero, which is a, 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 a plug-in electric vehicle rural social service ride-sharing program. 
And that's oh, coming out can of Can you explain Valley that? Me. you got to slow that down. There's a lot of words there. Yeah. yeah well, raitero is, um, for example, it, it's a Spanglish term. Uh, if you want, you know, if I ask for a ride, I'll say, hey, give me a raite. Right? Raite. A ride. Uh, so a raitero is a person that's going to give you a ride. So green raitero is a person that's going to give you a ride in the plug-in electric vehicle. And this is an uh, informal system indigenous to our community that has been around as long as my memory, you know, uh, uh, serves me, you know. Since I was a kid, uh, um, one of my uncles was a raitero when... Um, uh, I remember we were going to the hospital when my cousins was uh, basically in his in his deathbed, and uh, one day, you know, my uncle would take us. But one day it was kind of like towards the end, and there was no raiteros in town, so we had to take the bus. It took us three hours to get to Fresno, when usually it'll take forty minutes, right? Here on his way out there, and so uh, so you know, just uh, a few years ago. Uh, uh, I was thinking about it and just seeing all these electric vehicles coming out, the incentives, the subsidies. I said, wow, I think it's time, you know, and uh, and my leadership group in Huron, most of them are raiteros. They're like the social people in Huron that communicate with everybody, right? And they're 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 the leaders that are part of the Comité Alma, uh, uh, my grassroots committee, which I have in Huron and a few other communities and counties. But... Um, so starting to talk to them about it, and they, they said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I said, yeah, well, we could do it in a way where not only are we going to reduce greenhouse gases, we're going to be able to uh, uh, do it in a way where you don't have to use your own vehicle. And instead of, you know, sometimes, uh, like, th- there's like, um, uh, like a price for a certain trip, but it's not really what they charge usually because folks are, you know, low income. They'll say, well, I got this much. Okay, let's go. But, uh, for example, uh, like the price to go to uh, the other side of Fresno Valley Children's Hospital is like about 100 bucks. Wow. And, uh, and but, you know, say they do have 100 bucks and they do pay 100 bucks while that person that's taking them really, you know, they think they're putting 100 bucks in their pocket, but it's really $30 because you got to calculate where tear and fuel. Right. And so the way we want to do it is turn that around to where the raitero is able to earn their hundred dollars and where the person getting the ride pays no more than thirty dollars. Right. And it's a clean energy, clean air vehicle. It's a it's a system where we'll be able to maximize ridership because we'll have a dispatcher, we'll have a system, and uh, we're hopefully uh, uh, looking forward to getting uh, this uh, award, this funding, so we could uh, train mechanics to be electric vehicle maintenance mechanics, and uh, we're setting up an actual shop to make that happen also in Huron, you know, a poor city in the state of California, and we want to do it green. You know, the vision, the goal, my dream, and, and, and the period not just as mayor, because it was prior to this, but as we continue forward, whether as mayor or just as a leader that I've been, even before getting into elected office, is making Huron the greenest farm worker city in the country. Wow, that's fantastic. And the Radero thing is amazing. I mean, it's an amazing idea. And you, you seem to have a lot of um, energy and a lot of great ideas. I want to come back to your three uh, projects that came out of your planning process. Are, are they all underway, or are you seeking funding for them now? Or Seeking funding uh, uh, for the uh, Plaza, we are working with a Strategic Growth Council, uh, an agency in California. And uh, But the way we're going to be able to get the funding to be able to accomplish the Plaza or the, the Plaza is uh, 
by developing some affordable housing simultaneously. So we're looking into infill uh, so we could, you know, uh, uh, match that up and be able to get that done. But I think uh, we'll, the, I think the value will be into, in um, kind of piecing it out, you know, trying to get different uh, agencies to fund different parts of it. And so uh, that's kind of, uh, I'm hoping that, that Strategic Growth Council could work with us, help us, or maybe uh, OPR. I don't know. I got to figure out which agency will be willing to help us out because I think that's the real way we could get a lot of things done, not just in Huron, but in other parts. You know, uh, uh, I'm in communication with a lot of the rural towns in Fresno County, and they love the Plaza Idea. They love it because it's a climate resiliency, you know, uh, infrastructure uh, project, right? right. Uh, because when we're talking about social cohesion, which is what happens in these spaces, you know, when we're talking about placemaking here, right, in the conference, well, there's nothing, I mean, placemaking is a plaza. That's, and that's, that's as old as, you know, yeah. uh, as, as, as we can recall. I mean, uh, in, in my community, people are really proud of going to La Piami because the, the plaza there is like a huge treasure and everybody just really like almost worships it because it's it's been identified like one of the top three most beautiful, attractive plazas in Latin America. And so we want to kind of, you know, have that reflection in Huron, you know, yeah, and, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a huge social, you know, sociocultural treasure. And you're, and you're kind of a marketing genius because you, like you said, everybody talks about plazas. You have a multimodal pedestrian refuge, right? Which stops Culturally people. relevant. Culturally relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Throw a couple more words in there. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're stopping people to really think about and not just see it as what they've always seen it as, right? And right. So that's fantastic. Um, what are some of the other challenges you face as a, as a mayor in a, in a small community? Well, you know, I just started and uh, I think, uh, you know, I think probably... Just being from here on, I mean, uh, a lot of people come to my house. Hey, uh, this is, I don't like this, or I don't like that, and what's wrong with this? Why is it this like that? But what it is a lot of times is that they're, you know, they don't understand the process, or maybe the protocol is just like not really existent. So, you know, in terms of efficiency and effectiveness, that's what I'm talking about and working with a staff, you know, a city manager, and, and to make sure that we dot. I's and cross T's and clean stuff up and have it there available. It's on our website. This is what it is. There's no mystery of what's going to happen if, say, your your dog's out and whatever, whatever, right? You know. So, uh, so I'm kind of. It's a process where um, I'm 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 um, simultaneously uh, uh, creating awareness on participatory democracy because I'll come to my house, but I say, okay, that's great. Well, bring it up at the council meeting so we could have a discussion. My colleagues should hear this too, right? Because I can't, you know, I'm, I'm mayor, I'm not king, right? And uh, and I tell people, even though my name is Ray, I'm not the king, I'm, I'm the mayor, you know? <laughs> and so I got to work with the colleagues and, and it's important that they know and they hear it from the people because that's why we're there, right? So lately, we've been having a lot more people show up at the meetings where usually it's just staff now you know, it's only like 20 seats, 20 chairs, and they're getting filled up, you know. And so that's that's what I want to see. Well, first and foremost, you know, uh, if I leave any legacy uh, uh, apart from uh, the development of, uh, of, of, so, of, of green spaces, places, or what have you, 
is uh, an empowered participatory democracy and knowledge of it, a culture that is about it. And, you know, that's what we need, you know, people getting involved. Because once people stop getting involved, people stop participating in youth programs, stop volunteering, youth programs start not existing. And then we start having, you know, it'll probably take a decade or two. We start having drive-bys and we start having a lot of problems in the community that we've witnessed in my hometown, you know, in a period of a few weeks, you know, be three shootings. About a week ago, a a grandfather uh, got shot in the head from a drive-by. The bullet not intended for him, but it hit him. There was a bullet of malice nonetheless, and uh, of confusion and of rage and of, uh, of, of, of lack of direction, you know. That, that, that tells us that we have a lot of work to do. You know, yeah, sure, there's some programs in town, but there's definitely, definitely not enough. Right. And that participatory democracy thing is so important, right? It's, we, so we live in a country where everybody's complaining about the government. We are the government. Right. We just have we to, are the people, yeah. we are the people, right? We have to take it back. But that requires us to not just um, we can't just farm off these things to other people. You have to be involved. You have to step up and, you know, say participate, but then also be willing to you know contribute. So, yeah, definitely. And I think that's that's going to be one of my uh, biggest uh, contributions, because I'm not just saying it at the podium or. At, you know, sitting down in the, the council, uh, I'm doing it. Right. You know, I started uh, painting a mural also, and I'm telling folks that, you know, whoever wants to come down and help me paint the mural, I want to do three this year. I initiated one in Thanksgiving, and it got cold, so I'm kind of like <laughs> let, let, letting it be, get better so, you know, so I can finish it up. But, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a pair of huge wings with a fist in the middle, which to me represents participatory democracy. It's we, the people, that have the power, and we could take it to flight. Right. And, uh, and I wrote hashtag here on love. That's what I, you know, put on the Facebook and Twitter when I'm, you know, uh, putting stuff regarding here on and trying to make that infectious as well. But, um, th- this mural, I call it inter arte, interactive art, meaning you could get it where the fist is at and then you have the wings. You are the fist. You are the power. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Well, thank you for this opportunity. And I look forward uh, to sharing this podcast with folks and uh, through Movement of the Americas. Fantastic. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time on Infinite Earth Radio. Infinite Earth Radio is a podcast produced by Skio in association with the Local Government Commission. To learn more about Skio, the Local Government Commission... Infinite Earth Radio guests, or how you can make a difference in your community, visit our website at infiniteearthradio.com or join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash infinite earth radio and Twitter by following at infinite earth radio. 